Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for And they realized that they were unschooled ordinary men. They were astonished. And look at this. Underline it in your Bible. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. That's the goal. When they looked at these guys, Peter and John, they went, that looks like Jesus when he was alive. When surrounding people look at you, who do they see? Do they see Jesus? Today, Pastor Mark will show listeners the power of a life by an ordinary human that resembles the characteristics of Christ. People in the world today are desperately searching for purpose and meaning in life. The life of a Christ follower should be lived as Christ so outsiders can see a clear purpose of living for others and be attracted to it. The narrative of a life that ends with money and possessions but lacks real relationships is getting old. Find ways to impact others and show the love of Jesus today. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of Ephesians as he concludes part four in his series entitled Unlimited Opportunities. One of the disciples, his name is Peter. So how did Peter do during these three years? Did he get it? Did he understand? Did it change him? And that's going to be an encouragement to you and me. So if you'll take your Bibles at all of our campuses and head right over to the the book of Matthew, first book in the New Testament, book of Matthew chapter 16. Let's see how Peter does. Now, Peter initially was known as someone that liked to put his foot in his mouth. Anybody here like that? Yeah, we've all been there, haven't we? So we're going to see what Peter learns. Now, as you follow the disciples, it's very interesting. It was a lifelong process. Even after we get to the New Testament, as we finish the life of Peter, he's still learning. Remember, we never arrive, but we do advance. We do become more like Jesus. So if you've got your Bibles, look at Matthew 16. Scoot on down to verse 15. Let me give you the backdrop. Jesus is up in this area called Caesarea Philippi. And Jesus basically says this to his disciples while they're sitting there. What does Twitter say about me? What is Facebook writing about me? Just in our terms. What are the people saying about me? Who do they think I am? And so he went to, they went and answered him. They, oh, they think you're this person and a nice prophet. And then he turns to Pete. Look what he says in verse 15. All our campuses. But Peter, what about you? Who do you say I am? Look at Peter's response. Well, 
You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Notice Jesus' reply. Pete, baby, you got it right. That's my words. You know, it says there, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. But he basically says, Pete, amazing. You got it right. You're learning. Good job. Notice what he really says. That's exactly right in our terms, but there's more to it. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but my Father in heaven. So what's he saying? Look at me. He says, Pete, you got it right. But before you go to the other 11 guys and go, you notice he asked me, and I got it right. He says, before you do that, who gave you the answer? It wasn't your mind. You were thinking like God. You had the mind of Christ. Say it with me this morning. Wow. Wow. Wouldn't you like to have the mind of Christ? Wow. Yeah. So he got it right. He said, you are the Messiah. God revealed it to you, Pete. Pete, you're thinking like me. It's working. Good. Now let's look at verse 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to the disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hand of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed on the third day and be raised, killed and on the third day be raised to life. Look at me. As Jesus began to unfold and unwrap what was going to happen to him, he'd given little, little snippets of this, but he never really told them what was going to happen. You see, this for all Jews, including these 12 disciples, was ridiculous. They expected Jesus to come, be this political ruler who would get Israel free from the Romans and change their country. So the disciples are thinking, Jesus is here. We're following him. Man, this is going to be great. When he sets up his earthly kingdom, we're going to be part of this group, and it's going to be amazing. And then Jesus said, wait a minute, I'm going to die. I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to go to the cross. What? We're following you? What's in it for me? Whoa. And so right away, Peter, since he's the one that answered the question, he responds to this. Look at verse 22. Peter took Jesus aside and he began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This will never happen to you. What's wrong with you? And Jesus turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. You do not have, notice the words, in mind the things of God, but you're thinking like a man. You see, Peter blows it big time, just like you and I do. Peter looks more like Peter than Jesus. Why? Because now Peter is thinking like a man. Say it with me, whoa, whoa. Peter goes from wow to whoa. What's the difference? The way he's thinking. Ever gone from wow to whoa? Pretty miserable, isn't it? That's because we're all a work in progress. So because he was a disciple, Jesus says to him, I'm going to teach you three things you did wrong. And you need to listen to these because they apply to you and I today perfectly. 
We're disciples. Let's listen to what Jesus says. Three corrections to Peter. Listen up. Number one. He says, Peter, get behind me. Where was Peter? Peter was saying, come on. We're going to the kingdom, baby. It's going to be great, Jesus. We're going to the kingdom. Who's leading? Peter's leading. Anytime you're leading, Jesus, you're in trouble. Come on, Jesus. I'm going to take this job, and this is the car I'm going to buy, and that's the person I'm going to marry. I know you have some questions, but it's fine. I know the person. No problem. Everything's working. Anytime you're leading, God, you're in trouble. Well, it's my mind. I've done this before. I can figure it out. Stupid. <laughs> it will not end up well. In fact, he calls him who? Satan. Second, he doesn't only say, Peter, followers of Jesus don't lead, they follow. But he says this, Peter, don't be a stumbling block. You see, as Christ followers, we're supposed to be stepping stones for people to find God. Our lives are to entice them, to look like we're satisfied, like we have joy, because we do. We're not perfect, but we have purpose and meaning. So we're to be this amazing stepping stone. He says, Peter, you're not following me. You're not following my plan, and you're stumbling other people as they look at you, because they're going to say, yeah, that's right, Jesus, you're not going there. How are you doing this morning? People look at your life. Are you a stepping stone to God? Or do people say, that's exactly why I'll never be a Christian? Look at your life. Third thing he says to Peter is this. Peter, quit thinking like a man. Peter, followers of Jesus think like God. Followers of Jesus think like God. Now, notice what he said there. Who influenced the mind of Peter? Satan did. He says, you're thinking Satan's thoughts. So we know as Christ followers, we always follow the word of God. Well, where was the word of God in this situation? What did Jesus just say to his disciples? I'm the Messiah. I'm going to the cross and be resurrected. That was the word of God. Jesus is the word of God. So anytime that you want to live your life by this word, Satan will come against you. He always attacks the word of God, because this is truth. In the garden, it was the first time. What did Satan say to Eve? God hasn't said anything about that tree. God over there. Hath God said? So what Jesus is just saying is the same thing to you and I. When we decide to do life outside the guidelines of the word of God, we're in deep trouble. Who leads us there? Satan. Three keys. Write this last one down. You know it. It's just a good to memorize. Remember to follow Jesus. We listen to and obey the word of God. We listen to and obey the word of God. There's a way that seems right to a man. It always ends in death. Stop thinking with your mind. Think with God's mind. To do it, got to be in the Bible. Turn to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. Now Jesus is dead. He's gone to heaven. He's been resurrected. And the disciples are on their own. What's that going to look like? The disciples are on their own. And we begin to see what it looks like. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. One day, Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. So what's happening? 
They're just doing everyday life. They're in church like where they're going to the 1045 service, they're going to prayer. Watch what happens. Watch what happens as God opens the door for them. Now, as they're, going to, uh, as they're going to prayer at the temple, now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple called, gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. How many think there was more than one beggar probably at the temple? How, how many think? Okay, good. You're going to see a moment. There's probably hundreds of beggars there. Here's something you need to understand. Peter, in a moment, is going to talk to just one beggar. Why? Because you and I can't meet every need that's out there. If I take you to Haiti this afternoon, we got on a plane, and you had a million dollars. A million dollars. Singles. By one o'clock in the afternoon, you'd have nothing. And you haven't touched the need of Haiti. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can't meet every need that's out there. I can only meet the need that God opens the door to me. That's the only needs I can meet. That's all I can meet. Jesus one time went to, uh, uh, the water was being swirled, and people got around the water. They waited for one time a year, it was superstitious, that the angel would come and stir the water. Jesus went there, he healed one man, left all the rest unhealed. You can't meet every need. So don't try to be somebody that God isn't. God can meet them from heaven, but Jesus was a man on earth. So here's Peter and John. They're going. They've seen this man probably many times before, but look at verse 3. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked him for money. And Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. And then Peter said, well, what you're after is alms and shekels, silver and gold. I, I don't have any. But what I do have, I give you. And what he had was connected with these next words, underline them in the Bible. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. Now remember, this man had been lame since birth, never used his feet. He jumped up on his feet, began to walk, then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and praising and jumping and unbelievable. See, that day Peter got up, and they didn't know to expect, but did it happen? Unbelievable. Now, let me ask you a question. Who does Peter look like? He looks like Jesus. He looks exactly like Jesus. Where did he learn to pray like that? Jesus. See, he got it. He understood it. Peter has faith like Jesus. He ministers just like Jesus. It would be if if Jesus was right there. Now, we know that probably he, he, uh, he had a gift of faith that God gave him. Somehow, when he looked at the man, the Spirit said to him, I'm going to heal him. He says, so I don't have anything of money to give you, but I'm going to give you what I have. Jesus, the healer. And he raised him up, and the man was totally healed. What do you and I have to give to a hurting world? It's the best of all, God, I don't have anything to give to a hurting world. Oh, God doesn't open the door like that. I don't have anything. Yes, we do. Write this down. Let me explain it to you. Christ followers have lots to give to the world, just like Jesus See, when God opens the door, no lack, no lack. Whatever's needed, we do. We give. It could be a hug like I showed you later. It could be a testimony like you heard Pastor Bo. It could be that we pray for healing like we're going to do on Tuesday nights. It, it could be money. It could be gift. It could be taking them in the home for a while. It could be helping them with a the house payment. I don't know what it is. It could be encouraging them. 
When the neighbor walks into your door and says, my husband just walked out, I don't know what to do. Man, you're there. What do I have to give to people? When, when God opens the door, not when I try to open the door, when God opens the door, I have comfort to give. I have God's wisdom to give. I have God answers to give. Whatever God does, when he opens the door, there's no lack. I have God in me. Peter didn't go, man, what am I going to do now? Well, God provided the faith that was necessary. Well, the rest of chapter 3, Peter does an amazing sermon. His second, all kinds of people come to the Lord because they see this man changed. Acts chapter 4, go where with me. While all of this is happening, the religious leaders are really angry. Look what happens. And the priests and the, camp, uh, the captain of the temple guard, Acts 4, verse 1, on all our campuses, and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. And they were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. And they seized Peter and John because it was evening, and they put them in jail until the next day. Whoa. Whoa. Expect the, Jesus had never been put in jail. What are they thinking? What's happening here? But look, while they're in jail, look at the report they get from what's happening outside the jail. Look at verse 4. But many who had heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to about 5,000. So in his second sermon, all these people believe now about 20,000 people came to Christ. Peter never expected that the morning he got up. But see, the, God, the word of God never returns void. Let me ask you a question this morning. Look at me. Let me ask you a question. Do you expect people to get saved? Have you prayed for them to get saved? So while they're in jail, they hear this amazing thing that God's done. And Peter has got to be overwhelmed. Well, look at verse 7. Well, they had Peter and John be brought before them, the religious leaders, and, and they begin to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? That's a stupid question because they already know the answer, but they're angry. And verse 8 is a key verse. Start in your Bible. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elder of the, elders of the people. Salvation, look at verse 12. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Where did Peter learn that? Keep your finger right there. Very quickly, turn back to the book of John. John 14, 6. John 14, 6. Peter watched Jesus for three and a half years, and Peter caught this principle. You have to understand it. He knew that the success of Jesus, the secret to that success, was being filled with the Spirit of God, coming under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Non, not man's influence, but the influence of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Spirit of God. So when they ask him, how in the world did this happen? He says, well, I'll give you the answer. Here it is. There's no other name. I can only preach about Jesus because that is the name that brings people to forgiveness in heaven. Well, where did, where did Peter learn that in but what he said in verse 12? Where did he learn it? From Jesus. By the way, if you have a Bible that has red, that's in red. 
Who said there was no other name? Who said, who said that the only way you can get to heaven is through Jesus? Who said that? Jesus. Well, what does our world say today? There's many ways to God. Well, who's right? You should know that verse by heart. So when you're witnessing and somebody says to you, well, I can get there through Buddha or Muhammad, or I can get there through my religion, go to this verse, you have it. And just go, well, here, you read it. What did Jesus say? See, here's where we come down to this. You either believe that or you don't believe it. I can't change it. You say, well, some people might get mad. I can't help that. When you go to the doctor and the doctor says, smoking kills and your lungs are filled with cancer, well, I don't believe it. Well, you're going to die. Do you understand? That's why he was bold. Where did he learn the truth? By following Jesus. A Christ follower cannot say there's lots of ways to God. There's only one way to God. The person we're following is the way. Well, notice what happens next. You're right back to where we were. Look down at verse 13, one of the most powerful verses in all the Bible. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, what Peter just said, which they didn't like, and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary in, not, not, hadn't been through the seminary. How many, how many ordinary people we have here? Anybody in the other camp? Uh, you ordinary? The rest of you, shame on you. You're ordinary. <laughs> we're just ordinary people. When they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And look at this, underlined in your Bible. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. That's the goal. When they looked at these guys, Peter and John, they went, that looks like Jesus when he was alive. Jesus had reproduced his life in them. So as they went through, they weren't perfect. They weren't exactly like Jesus. But when people saw them, they went, whoa, I know Jesus in heaven, but that looks like Jesus. Let me ask you a question. It's a tough one for me. When people see me, who do they see? Do I look like Jesus? That's the goal. That's the goal. We're to be character. We're to think God's mind. And we're to minister like Jesus. When they looked at them, Jesus was alive in them. It wasn't from three years ago. Currently, God lived inside them through the Holy Spirit. So today, I want to challenge you. What are we supposed to look like? Just like that. Peter and John were far from perfect, but they got it. They loved. They listened to the Spirit. They stepped out in faith. And these religious leaders went, wow. It's like if Jesus was here, my heart hopefully is God's heart. Jesus came to seek and save what was lost. Do you have that same heart? Today, Pastor Mark challenged listeners to know Christ better, become more like Him, and make Him known to a world in need. There's only one way to be saved, and Jesus is that way. How are you sharing this message to a lost world today? The better you represent Christ, the more attractive He will be. There's a reason millions follow Him. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. 
We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. What comes to your mind when you see or hear about the whole world? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will encourage listeners to consider how they might share the good news not just amongst their families or workplaces, but to literally the entire world as God intended. He designed us to mirror Him to a world in need and to share the gospel with both our mouths and our actions every day and everywhere. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the book of Ephesians. That's next time on Lessons for Living. I heard his word made flesh in a hurry.